Welcome to the Glow Up Effect podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Here at the Glow Up Effect, we're diving deep into mindset shifts, inspiration, and daily actions to help you thrive in your everyday. Let's get down to business and let's claim your glow up, girl. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Glow Up Effect podcast. Today I'm hanging out with Jasmine. Jasmine, say hello. Hi. So Jasmine and I met uh, on Instagram, basically. I attended a um, Spoiled Latina event, virtual event last weekend, and Jasmine was actually a panelist on there. And while she was talking, I was like, this girl's so cool. She totally knows what she's talking about. Let me connect with her. So another story of me embarking on sliding into people's DMs. So I just messaged <laughs> Jasmine and I was like, hey, like, this is what the Globe Effect is about. Do you want to come on? So that's kind of our little story. Um, So I wanted to bring Jasmine on to talk about her career in marketing and in public relations and kind of how she's evolved in that. And we're going to jump into talking about influencers, which is, I know, stuff that a lot of you guys really enjoy learning about as, you know, we are trying to curate our feeds to be as pretty and as poppin' as possible. So she's going to give us a couple of tips. And she actually works with a lot of beauty brands and beauty influencers. So she's going to kind of give us an insider on what she does every day and what she looks for when she's looking for um, influencers to connect with um, for her clients. And we're going to dive into all that fun stuff. So Jasmine, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you why for having you, me. Why don't you just tell us about, you know, what called you to be in marketing and, and PR? Oh, it's so funny because growing up, you never really hear, I never heard about public relations or marketing. Like, it just wasn't something that I knew about. You know, we hear about, you know, advertising and study business and study this and study that. So when I was in college here in New York, um, I was a business major for like two years and I had to take a calculus class. I didn't want to take calculus because I needed to take these the calculus and I was like oh no this is not gonna work I was like I need to find something else so I found the advertising department and it was a combined major of advertising and public relations advertising obviously we all know what that is we see it every single day like on tv on bus stops on your phone it's all around us but public relations like what is that um in high school too I was always in art I was like an AP art art is my jam like I've always loved painting and sketching I don't do any of it now but I was like let me try advertising like maybe I could be this huge you know advertiser person um and then I fell in love with the public relations field and I kind of realized that I was always doing PR on my own without understanding what I was doing I was doing it like I have two examples for you um Back in like 2012, right after I was like maybe a year in college, um, I wanted to produce the fashion show at my high school. We always did it. I always loved it. And I was like, hey, I want to produce it. I want to do it. Can you let me do it? And they're like, well, we don't have any budget. It was an all-girls Catholic high school, super small. They're like, we don't have any money, but like if you can do it, we'll put the stage up for you and you can do what you want. for yourself. (laughs) I was like, okay, yeah let's do it. So what, I'm like, what, like 18 years old, 19 years old, I'm calling, I'm going with my mom all over Queens, wearing Corona, going to boutiques, Astoria, Steinway, going to all the prom shops, because it was a fashion show. So she, my mom's driving me to all these places. I was walking to places. 
was like, hey, do you want to be part of the fashion show? Like, we can get girls to wear this and this. You can give out coupons at the end. We can put coupons in gift bags. You know, I was researching these places. I was contacting. I was calling. I was emailing. You know, I was coordinating things with them. You know, I found a student who at the time had a bakery. And I was like, hey, do you want to, like, sell your treats? Do you want to gift your treats while we're there? Like, you know, we need some, like, snacks. She was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. I got my friend who's a DJ to come DJ. You know, my cousin's a photographer. I was like, hey, you're a photographer. And then I happened, like, years ago, I took modeling classes. Um, so then I, I, <laughs> I was reading my old resume. And that's you're how channeling I your Tyra Banks. <laughs> Yes. So I taught all the girls like runway techniques. Yeah. And then I, I literally just like searched my old resume and I was like, did I really put top student models runway techniques? <laughs> resume? I did. And like, I just picture myself doing it and I'm just, I just laugh at it. Cause I'm like, I really, I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like all of those things are PR. It's research. Yeah. It's, it's communicating, you know, we get it done. And then a year later, so this is all early college, a year later, I started um, a clothing line with my cousin. Mm -hmm. No experience in anything like that. Um, again, I just kind of liked the arts. I liked sketching. I was always sketching clothes growing up. I had like a little notebook of clothes. I would always design in it. Um, so we launched the brand. We have, but again, we had to research manufacturers and like fabrics and you know, I found different trade shows for us to go to, um, to learn about fabrics and learn about where you get things made. Um, and it was, it, it was a lot, a lot of work. It was between that and college. It was a lot. And, you know, I was like, well, how are we going to get the word out? This is like when Instagram was kind of growing. It was like, it just started. People were like, okay, what's this? Remember, it was like only on Apple back in the day and then it went to Androids. Mm -hmm. So we, I made my own me media list. I made my own media list. I was like, who do I want to write about this? I was like, complex. <clears throat> you know, I was like emailing all these editors, no idea what I'm doing. Cause I, this was before my PR major even started. Yeah. And my sister was like, well, me and my sister started working on it. We're like, well, who can we send it to? We were like, let's send it to three celebrities. She's like an FBI agent. She found me. <laughs> Now. she found me Kylie Jenner's address we <laughs> Crazy. Like, ojala something happens fingers crossed who knows yeah she wore the freaking crop top that we sent her what she wore it I almost cried my cousin sent me a screenshot he was like isn't this your tank top and I was like oh my god oh my god we were, I was like literally almost in tears at the mall. Freak, yeah. She wore it and then Kendall Jenner wore it. And like, but you know, because I didn't know PR and like where I can take it to, now I know that these little things, I could have probably pitched it to like People Magazine, Us Weekly, yeah. you know, that you buy. But those are things that you don't know until you actually are in yeah. the And like Kylie Jenner was what at that time? Like 16? Yeah, a baby. She looked, she looked nothing the way she looks now. Um, baby yeah that's awesome <laughs> so that's how i i was like oh shit i've always been doing pr like i sh i i should yeah it's literally like ingrained into your your muscle memory <laughs> right so like, okay. 
so I wanted to ask you, like, how did you, post-college, like, how did you decide that, like, oh, I really like this? And how did you um, ultimately decide you wanted to, like, make it your career? So once I started in my major, I was on my third year into college. And at that point, you had to declare the major. It was, like, all the pressure. I was like, okay, mom, dad, I'm doing advertising and PR and a minor in business because I'm not doing calculus and like all that stuff. Like that's, it's not happening. So I was able to speak to, we had the, the most, the best, best, best um, director on, she, she was the director of the program and she actually won an award from, uh, what's it called? HSPR, um, Hispanic Public Relations Organization. It's a big thing in New York. We had, I actually went to the event and everything and she was awarded it because the school that I went to was Hispanic, black heavy, and she was awarded it and it was, it was awesome. So she was the one who got me the internship at the agency that I'm currently at. Oh, nice. I turned there and then I loved it. I loved it. I went to work every day as an intern, like if I was an employee, like dressed to the T, I had my notebook, I had my stuff ready. I was ready to like work. And then I kind of just, you kind of know. I mean, like, like, like my experiences alone, I'm, I didn't realize I always knew it and working at the agency and like interning there, I was like, oh, I really do like this. That's awesome. And it's nice that like you were able to like from an intern, just like merge into like having a role there. It took a couple of months, but yeah, it was like meant to be. I always say if, if it happened, everything happens for a reason. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know. I also have more stories of that. I won't get into it, but it was meant to be. And I feel like I'm in a good place. Yeah, that's awesome. Can you share with us, like, what is a day like in your role as a publicist at your job, like every day? So every day is different. During COVID, it's kind of been, you know, kind of the same. But <laughs> uh, we do a lot of media pitching. It's what brands hire us for. They want to be in the public eye. They want you to read about them. Mm-hmm. on it's in newspapers they want their brands to be shown on television they want to be you know on podcasts um so a lot of our job is media pitching pitching for products pitching for launches pitching our founders our ceos um getting them opportunities and you know just kind of putting the brand in the forefront of like the public eye mm-hmm. a lot of influencer relationship building which is something that i've been doing since i started there um, just con- always thinking of creative ways and ideas to launch a product, creative mailers, which are the PR unboxings that everyone always sees and talks about. Um, you know, we're analyzing our data, we're checking how many impressions we're getting a month. Um, you know, our strategies, we're always thinking and planning. And post COVID, we were always, um, sorry, not before COVID, we were always planning events, launch activations. Um, it was a lot of what we did and I miss it. Yeah, that sounds really fun. You said the PR unboxing. I'm like, everyone loves it because they're so beautiful. Like, they're so beautiful. <laughs> like, they are so intricate. Like things just they're the biggest like, pain in the ass in the world. Like so, they look like they belong in a museum. Like just so beautiful. Some <laughs> of them really should, to be honest. What are you so, saying you've seen? Like, what is like the most like extra like PR package you've seen? One that we did that's just coming to my mind was um, L'Oreal Paris. They launched the clay mask. Uh-huh. This is when, like, creative mailers were, like, like it. Like, it was it. it was the thing. So we, not us, but, like, our vendor, he created this ball of clay. 
and we sent it with a hammer. And it was the color of the packaging, it had the logo on it, and it came with a little hammer for you to crack it. Oh my goodness, and then you can <laughs> get the, the clay. And then the stuff is inside. It was like this crazy, crazy thing. Oh my God, I'd be even scared to before. mail them. <laughs> yes, this was before Kim Kardashian did hers. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> she does the chocolates with the- Remember the chocolate one? It was cute, it was good. Yeah, with her perfumes, her perfumes, yeah. The perfumes, yeah. Yeah, I'm always like, wow. <laughs> She has so many friends. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you, like, has there any bit, have there been any challenges in your role, like creating and, you know, learning clients, learning, you know, what is in demand? Like what have been some challenges you've faced? I feel if like, I, what you said? I said, if any, you might. If, have I feel like there. my biggest challenge in PR or like in my role in general was in the beginning i was always very timid and i would only speak with like my team mm. idea i would email it after i didn't really want to like say it out loud because i like to think my things through um mm. my notes right now like i always have to think things through mm. <laughs> email the idea and like they know that i would sit in the brainstorms and think and i would just sit there and think yeah and then that night or the next day i'll send i'll email the idea to like the team or whatever um, and I've noticed that I've always kind of struggled with like articulating my ideas, mm -hmm. what I want up here, but getting it out through my mouth is a whole other story. Yeah, <laughs> It's hard. And it's like some people, it just comes out naturally for me. It doesn't. And it's always something that I've struggled with. And I'm, you know, if I'm doing it on my own, I can do it. But if I have to explain it to someone and like convince someone that it's good, a good idea, I struggle with that and it's something that I'm always like working on. Yeah, and then like you can kind of feel, I've been in moments like that too. I think I I probably am like very identical in that problem as well because you sit there and you're like biting your tongue and it's just like sitting there and sitting there and you're like, I'll just talk about it later. And mm -hmm. like, I think also a lot of it comes with the cognitive like thinking like, damn, like what if they don't like it? And then it's like awkward in the room or something, but. Yeah, you gotta go for it because think of all the ideas that could have been passed up on if you don't just talk about it. So I think right. that's a really good point um, that you brought up. So I wanted you to share with us, and you talked a little bit about this on the panel that I that I watched you on. The difference between like um, com connecting with influencers, like now there's like the nano, the micro, the macro influencer, and like there's even like brand ambassadors. And I, you were mentioning how you guys got like Carol G to come on for an Urban Decay launch, and she had like a different. Was it like a sponsored? So Carol G, last year we signed her as the spokesperson for Urban Decay. Spokesperson. spokesperson. So like there's all these different, you know, yeah. like titles, and you know, I was googling into this myself, like <laughs> nano, micro all these, you know, terminology. So I really wanted you to kind of give us an idea of like, what is the difference between all of them? And you know, what kind of influencers you typically work with? So I feel like the biggest difference, the obvious big difference is to the follower count, because the is like the one to 10,000 follower count, mm. then micros who's like 10,000 to 50,000 followers. We have our mid tier who's kind of like the sweet spot because they still get the engagement that they should get and they're between like 50,000 followers to like 500,000 followers and then the macro influencers um are of course are the huge ones they have 500,000 million followers and then just above mm -hmm. like the big 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 influencers celebrities um but our brands I mean 
the thing that we really look at now is the engagement. Like, you know, one of our last programs with Urban Decay, we we worked with, you can even check their their Instagram page because they repost a lot of their content. You know, we worked with someone who had, I think, 6,000 followers. But her content was so beautiful. Her, her, her creations, her artistic ability and like her skills as a makeup artist was so, so beautiful. Every picture she sent to, for, for approval, I was like, can you post all of them? How do you pick? They're yeah. so crisp. The quality. Yeah, I, need to go check, I need to go check it out. Yeah. And, you know, and I, you know, brands are understanding more that it's not only about the macro and the mega influencers, the nanos and the micros, they're also there and they also have the engagement and they also can produce the same quality content. Um, and a lot of these influencers shoot on their phones now. They don't even have these big fancy cameras anymore. Um, but, you know, engagement is definitely some, one of the biggest things that we, we look at. Nice. So I wanted to ask you, when you are trying to find an influencer for your client who says like, okay, for sure we want to work with, you know, an influencer, what is kind of like your, your process? Do you have a list? Do you kind of just like, oh, let me check out what's going on on Instagram today. Do you have like you and your coworkers are like, oh my God, look who I just followed. Like, I kind of was curious to pick your brain about like, what's that process like? Like your client came to you and was like, we want an influencer. Go find us someone fabulous. <laughs> if it was only that easy, right? <laughs> yeah, that's my anti-PR perspective. <laughs> One out of the thousands out there. It's, it's honestly, it's hard, but we, we do have our, our Slack groups, our DM groups where we're like, Look at all these influencers we find because there's so many coming out every single day. Yeah. The content is so beautiful. The content is all unique. Um, but things that we really look at. And so one thing we do go through our lists, of course, we have our, our list that we look at. We have not our go-tos, but we have a list that we, people that we always remember for each brand. We almost have, we basically have a list for each brand and we just continue to grow those lists. But we also have our DM groups where we're like, oh my God, look at this person I just found. She'd be great for this brand. They're great for this brand. And then we keep it in mind. And then, you know, we have, we have so many little Slack groups that would be like, hey, we're doing a program for SkinCeuticals. Who is the Latina skincare junkie, like the Latina skincare, like the obsessive skincare girl? Who would you pick? And then analyzing. I'm going through my Instagram. Who do I follow? Who do they follow? Who is everyone watching for skincare? You know, and we go through each other a lot. We bounce a lot of people through each other, especially if it's um, a campaign or a program where it's just one to two people. Yeah. You have to be very specific and make sure you're picking the right person. Mm -hmm. um, I like when our programs are a little wider. <laughs> so yeah. you have the opportunity to work with, you know, five to 10 people, more chance for engagement, awareness. But of course, it always depends on the budget and what the goal is and the purpose of the campaign, what we're launching. But we do have our databases that we're building every single day. And I even have a folder in my Outlook where I save um, all the emails that I get from influencers that email me. So I put them all in a folder. So if I'm looking for someone fresh or someone new that I haven't worked with before, I'm like, oh, let me look back. Let me see what Fulanita's doing right now. What is her constant like, you know? <laughs> and I'm checking her out and, or him out. Um, that's another thing. I like getting emails because then I can save them and file them. And, you know, we keep adding them to our list and keep growing that. 
Yeah, I actually love that you mentioned that because one of my questions was, you know, what advice would you give to, you know, a nano influencer or someone who's really, you know, trying to keep building up and like wants to partner with brands? I feel like I'm going to answer this in a way where I'm going to tell you, well, I'll tell your listeners what I would like to, what I, the emails that I like to receive. You know, I like when people email me and they, they share all their links. Sometimes they don't even share their Instagram. They're, you have to go and Google them. Oh. And I'm like, oh, come on, you have to put all your lists out, put all the links in the email. Tell me who you are, what your content is, what your content, what your audience likes to see. So then I can keep in mind like, oh, is she good for beauty? Is she good for home? Is she good for lifestyle? Is she good for fashion? Mm-hmm. Tell them up front what your content is about and be more specific. A lot of times it's like, oh, I'm a beauty person. And it's like, that can be, that's really specific these days. You know, you have influencers that are beauty, but they do macro eye shots. They mm-hmm. do stick only, you know, they do full face. Some people only do makeup tutorials and videos, you know, be specific with your content because I feel like I would remember it more if someone's like, let's say you're like, oh, hey, Jazz, you know, my, my, my audience really loves my macro, my really tight close-up eye shots. If you're working on any eyeshadow campaigns, any new mascara launches, any new eye product launches, I'd love to be considered for any paid programming. I'd love to receive any new launches from you to, you know, try at home and maybe use in my own content, you know, and share all the links with us. And if you have great um, past posts that you love or any paid, past paid programs that, performed really well share that with us that's a case study that you have on your own on yourself like hey I did this program with I don't know NARS and it worked out so well this is what they love it was a lipstick launch la 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 yeah yourself and and pitch yourself in a way that it comes off authentic and nice you know we get a lot of snotty emails sometimes people dm me with question marks if I don't respond yeah no like that's not that's not it (laughs) You also have no obligation to respond to them. You know, be be nice. Just be nice. Follow up. You can, you know, doesn't hurt to follow up. Um, I think I mentioned this during the panel too. Follow up like twice a year or once every year. Or if there's a new product that came out and you love it, tell them, hey, I saw that, you know, for Garnier. Like, hey, I saw you guys launch the new hair mask. I'd love to try it out. I love the Fructis line. Tell us that. Those are little things that, you know, brands and need to know, things that we need to know, especially for people that do want to have um, campaigns that are paid and want to get paid for their Instagram content. You got to tell us the things that you like. And, you know, I tell a lot of uh, my influencer friends this too, especially the ones that are growing. Like, you have, if you want to do beauty content, if you want to get paid for beauty content, you actually have to post beauty content. <laughs> a lot of people seems, do. Seems evident, huh? <laughs> But people don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do it. And I'm like, well, girl, you're, I can never hire you. I wouldn't even know what to hire you for. Yeah. Bikinis and loungewear. You know, where are you plugging in beauty? How does it fit authentically in your, in your page? You know, or even if it's on stories, you can focus it on stories. That's fine. Just have it somewhere. Yeah. You know, what you want to get paid for. Yeah. And I looked at that the other, you know, I was building a list yesterday for a new client and I wanted to pick some lifestyle and fashion people for it. And I was going through it, like, even if it's one beauty post or a highlight, like you said, of all your favorite beauty products, like keep it somewhere so that when brands are looking and searching, it's like, oh, okay, she does actually post beauty. Her audience does like it. So that when you don't, you know, we pay you for a post now and then 
you're not, you may not get any engagement on it because they're like, oh, okay, that's super sponsored. You know, people don't like super sponsored looking content. Yeah, because it, it comes off like salesy and I'm using air quotes yeah. here because the instant someone is posting a lot and I'm saying this as like a average girl on Instagram, but you know, someone's putting up paid um, partnerships and then it's like, oh, she's trying to sell this to me because she's getting paid to do it. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's why I mentioned I was using air quotes because the instant money is involved in some sort of transaction, it's like so dirty and wrong you know but, but there is it is good to have that um that flow and that like rhythm of like not every post you're gonna put up is a paid ad because you know you have a life too like you are going out to dinner with friends or like walking right. your puppy like whatever you're doing I'm trying to think of all the drinking Starbucks <laughs> macchiatos <laughs> um so having right. that flow is a big kind of like breaking it up a little even that though, if you're drinking coffee, if you're drinking Starbucks every day, post about it. Like maybe coffee brands are out there looking for someone to partner with, but they have to pick someone that, like, I don't post coffee at all. Like, I love coffee. You know, maybe with someone like you, they're like, oh, she posts coffee a lot. You yeah. Know, maybe we like her content. Maybe she can create some posts for us to post on our own channels, you know? Mm-hmm. It's about things that you love and things that your audience is engaging with. But make it clear, like, it just has to be consistent. I think that's, yeah. that's the word, consistent. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love that you brought up, um, you know, keeping content that you put up somewhere, like, present on your profile and on your feed because it kind of ultimately is your portfolio. So I wanted to right. ask you, you know, when you um, end up on someone's page and you're checking out their aesthetic and stuff, like, kind of what – indicators are you looking for that like okay this person could be a good match because they do xyz honestly consistency in what you're posting like my page i've been trying to get better at building my own page and my own platform because like you said it is our portfolio in a way mm-hmm. it's the first thing people are searching sometimes like oh stop. let me see this person on instagram let's see what they're about you know you're looking and you're scrolling um so even with my page it's like i used to post so much random stuff yeah you know that's something that we you know we're not thinking about it but when you're thinking about growing it as a platform and as your portfolio and thinking about it in that way i'm like i need to stop posting all this random stuff i need to figure out what my lane is what is your lane you know so is it beauty is it fashion is it lifestyle is it home is it cooking is it recipes you know figure out what exactly you want your page to be about and look at your favorite influencers you know, what does their content look like? What does their page look like? Their page is not, is probably not random the way many pages look. It's not all this locura and crazy stuff all over the place. Scattered. You're like, oh, okay, this is just someone's like personal life. Yeah. You know? But you can tell when it's someone's like really trying because it looks consistent and you see the beauty, the fashion, or you see the home recipes and the cooking and or if it's a family page, you see them with the kids and like the activities that they're doing, the meals that they're making. You know, I was just, um, after the panel, I got so many DMs asking questions like this. And I was, you know, one girl asked me, she's like, what can I do? Her engagement was great. Great engagement. She was a nano. Great engagement. And I'm like, but your page is too random. Mm-hmm. You know, are you posting videos of you and um, photos of you or, you know, videos of you and your kid? It looks like you and your daughter do a lot in the kitchen. Is that something you wanted to focus on? You know, figure out what it is. Cause right now it's kind of, 
everywhere. But if it's you and your daughter, go for it. Yeah. it. And she was like, yeah, you know what? I really enjoy it. And she enjoys it. I'm like, then go that route. And yeah. you go, go that route and start sharing your videos and tag brands in them. Tag the family brands. Tag, you know, the home brands, the brands that you're using every single day and let them see your, start seeing your content. And that's another way to, one, build a relationship with brands. Two, incorporate products and brands into your content. So when you do a sponsored post, it's not like, oh, okay. You know, it's not like, like how you were saying. Out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, it's not so random and out of the blue. It's like, oh, she's always talking about that. That's so great. Yeah. And the reaction that you want to get. And I think once you figure out what your lane is and what you're focusing on, you'll see how your page is going to go, is going to turn into like something super beautiful and just clean. Like, yeah. Get it right away. You just get what she's talking about and what she's like telling yeah, you. Yeah. I love that. I literally wrote this down and like underlined it. <laughs> Find your lane. Like, I love that. Because <laughs> when you think about it, like, we get so distracted by like pretty shiny um, object syndrome or like squirrel syndrome. And you're like, I love everything. But like, yeah, like yeah. you're trying to develop yourself as this clean cut brand, branding yourself or branding, like you said, like some mommy and me kitchen um, activities or lifestyle. You really need to just keep to it because that's what's going to attract your like loyal people. And that's where the engagement comes from. So it's like, you know, like I struggle with this myself, like trying to develop, like, okay, like I'm an aware and empowerment podcast. But it's like, how much do I want to talk about podcasting versus like empowering women? Like, what is the percentage? Like, so always like trying to battle and then just trying to um, embrace, like showing myself because I was like, okay, like I have this awesome platform. I have this podcast, but it's like, no one knows who the voice behind it is. So now I've been working on like, okay, like show your face, Elizabeth, like do branded shoots, like make people feel like they're your friend. They can talk to you and feel comfortable with you. Yeah. So I can totally relate to just trying to like stay in my lane and like not try to get too distracted by crazy things and pretty things because there's a lot of pretty tagged content out there. that is just so distracting. <laughs> and I feel like that's that's still the same lane for you. Like your podcast, you're interviewing women, um, from what I know. And then if you female empowerment is your thing, and plus you bundle it all up. I just sent you a link to this um, influencer. Her name is Candace. She she'll post a photo, and then if you swipe, there's always like an affirmation or something really positive or something that she wants you to say. And she's she does both. And I feel like it's kind of what you're looking to do. Like maybe, you know, you're good with your words. That's why you're interviewing people, right? So maybe it's pulling out a few words and things that you live by and throwing it behind the selfie or behind a, a photo of you or even just put that as the image and, you know, mix it up in that way. But I think she's like a perfect example for you to look at because she does both. She does yeah. her I love that. And I'm like a sucker for like affirmations and quotes. And sometimes yeah. it's like the battle, you know, like the, the battle of creating the feed. So it's like, right. oh, do I put a picture? Do I put words? Like, what do people want? And you know, what's going to perform better? So I'm definitely going to check her out. Thank you so much. Check her out. Um, I met her earlier this year too, and she and I loved it. We went on a we went on a, a day trip together for one of our brands, and yeah, I'm scrolling. You know, you hire her for hair, for beauty, for her affirmations, for her her confidence. You know, she's obviously good with her words too, and she can express herself in a way that many others can't. So there's so many different ways that we can partner with someone like her. Yeah. yeah She's a good yeah. example for you. Do you have a favorite client or partnership that um, you've worked on since your time at the agency? Love all my clients. Um, 
two, I think I have two. I guess maybe, yeah, like a project. I guess it's not to single out clients. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have two favorite moments that I would say. One was three years ago, we, we signed Millie Morales, our, she's a celebrity hairstylist in Miami. She's Cuban for Garnier. So she was, um, she's the face of Garnier in a way as that she, on social and through her media interviews, she's sharing her tips, her hair tips, her styling tips, you know, with her fans, our audience, the media. Um, and she's the first, you know, Hispanic female ambassador that we were able to sign for a brand like Garnier. So that one was definitely a win, I would say, that I was like, yes. you know, you always root for that. You always want that. Um, that was pretty amazing. And then another moment, which is Carol G, obviously. She, last year, um, my client reached out and was like, hey, we are looking to sign a spokesperson. We have these people in mind. Can you share your point of view and anyone else you'd recommend? And I love Carol off the bat for Urban Decay. She's cool. She's edgy. She's not the clean cut, pretty girl. Like she's just a badass girl. Yeah. And the K is a badass brand. And I was like, this is it. But I had other people in mind too. I'm not going to share, but you know, I wrote them all out and I felt that she was the one. Um, they ended up signing her, which was amazing, along with a couple of other spokespeople. And then I had the opportunity to interview her last year for Urban Decay's content. They were, they were filming content with her and they needed someone to interview her. Um, and they're based on the West Coast. So, and I'm on the East Coast here and she was in Miami. So it was so much easier for me to just fly down, down. Like, interview her. And it's so crazy because I wrote her questions in March. I was on a plane coming back from like an event. And I was writing her questions out, like the interview questions, not knowing that I was going to interview her in June. Not only yeah. plane. You know when they say manifest it and just say yeah. it? Elizabeth, I was on the plane and I was like, mm, mm. I was just typing away, typing away. Yeah. I'm going to talk to this I'm one. like cheesy, right? Because this is so exciting. <laughs> oh my God. But I was like, there's something came in me on the plane that like, sometimes you hit a roadblock when you're writing and it just came out and flowed. And I had yeah. so many questions to ask her. And I was like, okay, here are the questions. Um, and it happened that they didn't have time to ask her these questions when they were shooting with her the first time. So we, but we still needed the content. And then in June, they were like, hey, Jazz, can you fly to Miami and go interview her? We need this content for the launch. I was like, say less. <laughs> say less. Where's when my flight? Like, send me out. Shit my ass out of here. See ya. Let's do this. It was like the quickest hour ever. And I did it in Spanish. Yeah. In Lee. Um, it was amazing. It oh was amazing. God. That's, that's so definitely fun. a big moment, I would say. No, that's so fun. Like, I was smiling ear to ear just hearing those words because that was like, <laughs> that was a fun surprise. Thank you for that. So I wanted to ask you, how would you define a glow up? And do you have a glow up tip for the listeners today? I would define a glow up as working really hard to achieve your goals, you know, reach your dreams. And, you know, it's not only just achieving them, but making progress towards them, you know, crossing things off your vision board, crossing things off your, your personal, you know, your personal list. Um, mm -hmm. It's a mental checklist. You know, I never really wrote things down. I started writing things down a couple of years ago, but I always had my own mental checklist. However it is, it doesn't matter where you put it, where you keep it, work towards it. You can't stop 
So you need to keep going. And I feel like as much as it can be discouraging and times can get really hard, you have to push through because something in you is telling you this is, this is it. You need to do it. Just do it. Just keep on pushing. Yes. Love that. Thank you. I wrote that down too because I'm a writer. <laughs> I know. I see you writing. I'm like, what is she writing? <laughs> um, so what is your glow accessory? You know, something you can't be without. Like you're always with this glow accessory. You know, it's so basic and I hate to say it, but I have to say my cell phone. I've had that one before. Yeah, it's it's not basic at all. I would I probably put that on my top three as well. Elizabeth, I'm like the type of girl who I would go to work sometimes without a purse. And my friends at work would be like, well, where's all your stuff? Oh, no. Me, my coat. I'm like, no. My phone. My phone. I have my Apple Pay. I have my ID in a, in a pocket somewhere. My Metro card yeah. in the other pocket. It's like me and my cell phone. I hope nothing happens to it. Yeah. <laughs> And the, the thing is now, like, they make all these accessories for your phone. So it's, like, literally, which I don't partake in because I don't know why, but I just don't. But you can have, like, the little slots in the back. And, yes. like, you can Those make me nervous. And part your IDs and all these things. Um, but I'm a big Apple payer, too. Like, and now with the mask, I'm in the store. I, like, just take the mask real down real quick. And I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm use my Apple Pay. <laughs> I, I'll go in a store forgetting my cash, forgetting my credit cards. And then I'm like, oh, we got Apple Pay, right? Cause I don't have anything on me. I have literally walked out of stores because I don't have Apple Pay. <laughs> <laughs> I have probably done the same. I'm not gonna front. <laughs> like y'all don't have Apple Pay. I'm like never mind. <laughs> Bye. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, thank you I, for having me. It was a pleasure. I wanted thank to let you, tuning you into um, share like where can the listeners find you online? If you haven't already, you can find me on sure Instagram. to subscribe and leave a email. review. If you love this Thank episode, so please share with your friends um, and family and tell them to check out the soon. globe. Um, if Lastly, if you don't already, please check me out on Instagram at the Glow Up Effect.